Culture and Psychology with Tabana. With a very warm hello to our Radio Bamdad listeners. Today I'm sitting with Dr. Alexandrati, my friend and my colleague from Tabana organization. Dr. Rockers is not with us today. And uh, we started actually before uh, for this show, we were talking about Dr. Andrade not feeling that good. I really want to appreciate uh, his commitment to Radio Bamdad. And even though he's not feeling that well, he actually managed to do this show with me. So hello, Dr. Andrade, and thank you for your commitment and responsibility to be part of this show. Hello, Dr. Malakavzali. As listeners can probably recognize, uh, my voice is a little different today. Uh, yeah, as she mentioned, I'm not feeling so well, uh, and it's mostly just a sore throat. Uh, and it feels like it's getting a little better today, which is good. But yeah, it was just as we were thinking about what to talk about and how I'm feeling, definitely the idea of self-care, uh, how we push ourselves uh, and sometimes end up becoming sick. Um, and then also even, uh, as we briefly mentioned, the idea of different holistic and maybe even cultural remedies. Uh, I definitely remember growing up and hearing all kinds of different uh, remedies, um, I think related to Mexican culture, but then also probably a combination of like Mexican-American culture in regards to what you do when you're sick. Um, you know, you can get different uh, kind of takes from even different generations, I think, in regards to what's helpful for you sometimes too. So yeah, I think it's one of those things where some of them we can maybe, um, uh, I think I've in the past, I know I've definitely laughed at some of those remedies, uh, but then other times they've, they've helped too. So uh, yeah, I don't think it's something we should always just dismiss. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, just when you were talking about that, that reminds me of, uh, you know, in our culture, everybody's trying to jump in and help. And nobody tells you go to see a doctor, or you might have something major going on. But <laughs> you try to bring it to a low level of issue to just give you some sort of boost that, uh, no, you're okay. And I started with that with you. And, um, you know, I was just thinking, sometimes uh, our body is showing that you're putting too much on it. And then it shows, you know, with uh, sore throat, or maybe with um, just fatigue and feeling not uh, really that well. And you may have just actually had a very um, stressful couple of weeks, as uh, far as I know, we all are so busy. And I know you travel to other states for your work. And also, you know, there's a lot of um, when you are a psychologist, you carry so much, um, you know, dealing with um, patients. And um, when you're very sincere in your interactions just affects you. So I was so I know I jumped in and I mentioned that you may need more vitamin C and vitamin D. And this is something that we always do. And cultural remedies, it's actually amazing. It just suits you, you know. Um, And I know we have so much of that in our culture as well. So, for example, as soon as, uh, you know, you just eat a food that you're not digesting well, You know, uh, I I grew up with that. My parents would just say, oh, you need a light tea with something that is very sweet in our um, culture. It's nabot. And we immediately fix it. And then it seems like 
it takes away that undigested food in your stomach and you just yeah. immediately feel like, oh, I feel better, you know? Yeah. Have you taken it? Do you feel like it helps? Uh, you know what? I think a lot of times, seriously, it does. Not that okay. you try to make it uh, in your mind that you mm. do, but I'm sure people actually from generations to generations, they have found these working that's why you know it just passes on generation to generation it's just like our food in our culture food sometimes now that i know more about nutrition i think about some sort of um, the nutrients in the food and i feel like wow how smart old generations or i don't know how many generations passed they um created this um, particular food but I realized that part of it is like, for example, when I know more about this ingredient, I know it has a lot of iron, for example. But then on, on the other hand, I feel, why do they take it with more sweet? Because in our culture, foods uh, have coldness and warmness. I don't know how to explain it, but, uh, you know, there's a, there's a um, list of food that we say it's cold. That means okay. it has less sugar. It, you may need some sweet with it to, to bring it to the level. And, um, and, and sometimes I feel like even these remedies, it's due to practices and receiving results that they continue yeah. to have. Yeah. No, I, I always say, I think, you know, Western medicine is not the only thing that can, can help us and kind of heal us. It's, there's so much to, uh, Eastern medicines or holistic medicines, and even, you know, in, in, within one's culture, there's a lot of times a lot of remedies uh, that can ex be extremely helpful. I wanted to go back to something you mentioned, which I think is so important, even just like you said, you know, did you, did you go to the, I think you asked me too, did you go to the doctor? I, you know, I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm more than happy to go to the doctor if I feel like it's lingering more than my body can handle. But I find, yeah, very common. People are like, no, I'm not going to go to the doctor. They're going to find something wrong. I feel like it's historically men too, or generally I should say men who are very apprehensive about going to the doctor because they can think that there's going to be something wrong. Obviously women have that concern too, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I just, I've always kind of had a hard time understanding that. Like if you put your head in the sand and don't find out what's going on, and you have all these issues at some point, you know, it's, it's a problem. So yeah, I think that's something too, where it could, then we may have listeners out there who are just like, yeah, I don't go to the doctor. No, it's not a big deal. Um, you know, and of course, if there's other things you're doing and you feel like you're addressing your health, that's great too. But yeah, I think it's always good to just make sure everything is kind of happening. Like for me right now, this is, I feel like it's kind of winding down. I feel like if it's, it lingers or gets worse in the next couple of days, definitely going to see about going to my doctor. I have a good relationship with my doctor. I trust him. I'm able to talk to him about things. And so it's like, I feel comfortable in that way. So maybe that's a big piece of it too, you know, cultivate that relationship with your medical doctor. So that way you can feel comfortable in going there. But yeah, if we pretend that, you know, we're not even going to find out, you know, that that's, that's the first problem before anything else can happen. That's the first thing that has to happen. You know, I don't know if you're the same way or not, but I always like the doctors that probably that's why it's matching the doctors with your 
culture or matching the doctor with your mindset. Because I always like the doctors that they don't make a big deal out of your mm-hmm. symptoms. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I remember when, and of course, I'm sure it wasn't anything major. Otherwise, they would have just gone through more processes. But I remember when my kids were growing up, I would just take him to um, their pediatrician was actually the head of pediatrician in Kaiser. And he was a, such a, a knowledgeable and even and not only the knowledge, but good person. And, and he um, always showed so much care and love for my children when they growing up. I remember um, every time I went there, I go, Dr. Johnson, don't you think we need to have a test? Because his issue is going on. He has pain here and there. And he always said, listen, if it was anything major, I would have worried as much as you because these are my kids too. But um, it's not major. Don't worry about that. And, And one time he told me, he said, you know, one of the reasons I sometimes don't want to go through all those details of blood tests or anything, because you always find something that after taking it so seriously and going through so much work, you realize that all of that was unnecessary. And he goes, and I never forget that. He says, there's always something you can find when you really go to the details. So it's better just let it go Nothing is major. Uh, it's going to take care of itself. Yeah, I totally agree. And this is something too. I, I often, I'm going to stop for a minute so I can cough one sec. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, something I always tell pa- individuals, patients as well. For years, I've worked in primary care settings right alongside with medical doctors. And one of the things that I learned over the years in talking with so many medical doctors is that same thing that you said. Doctors would tell me you could run all the tests And you know what you're going to find? You're going to find some abnormality. Our bodies, when it comes to, you know, our blood pressure, when it comes to all our systems, if you will, everybody isn't going to be exactly in the normal range. And that means that we, we all vary. We're all unique and individual. I've seen and heard of individuals have like uh, x-rays and like spinal x-rays and them show certain vertebrae being compressed but that person not experiencing any pain where others individuals that can maybe be a contributor or source of their pain. So it's just because there looks to be something abnormal doesn't mean that it's a problem of itself. And, and for that very same reason, medical doctors have told me if you keep looking where you're trying to find a reason for something, then you can end up focusing on something that isn't even really a problem necessarily. So yeah, it's, it, it's hard though, because we think, well, if there's any explanation, then that's the answer. But I always remind people, our, our bodies are very complex machines. They're not always so clear in regards to kind of what's normal, what's abnormal. So it's it's definitely something where, you know, people want to know, and I think we're, we're pushing like, oh, what are, what are the tests? And, you know, what are the, the answers that we can get? I think, you know, at some point, we, if we continue to have issues worth kind of examining, but doesn't always give us that clear answer. Uh, for example, uh, there was uh, probably about a good five, six years ago, I was having these like hip pains on both sides. And it was the weirdest thing. And it kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. It seemed to be unrelated to any kind of injury or activity that I was doing. But all of a sudden, I had kind of intense pain on both sides of my hips. And 
I went and got x-rays and CT scans and did all the, the whole number of things um, because it was consistent pain and I couldn't figure it out. And then it ended up going away. And it was just like a good like week or two, maybe. And of course, it was uncomfortable. And that's why I pursued some of that treatment. But there was no explanation. And when the doctors looked at all the scans, all the blood work, everything, they were like, yeah, everything looks normal. You know, something's going on with your body. And that can be, I think for a lot of people, very frustrating and very upsetting. But yeah, it's just sometimes, you know, our body goes through things and there's not always a clear explanation. And even if there is, that may not be the answer either. That's true. But also, you know, we want to make sure there's nothing major. And if it is, we can take care of it immediately rather than let it go. So because we are talking about psychology, um, of course, if a medical doctor was speaking right now, would have said maybe differently. But because our work is all psychological issues that we deal with, we know that how much uh, the psychological factors affect our body. So from day one, when we get into this profession, we'll learn that uh, physiology and psychology are hand in hand and and, uh, they each affect the other. But I remember as my own experience that um, because I always worked hard and I always had hours of work, some of the work that I did had a lot of stress uh, in the past. And I remember as soon as we went on vacation, I mean, like holidays, I got sick. All this time I was carrying my body to do my job. And as soon as, for example, most of the Thanksgiving and Christmas, I had a cold or something was going on. I got shingles in one of the um, Thanksgiving breaks. So it seemed like our body goes and goes. And, and you know, physically we know what happens because, um, you know, we know that in hippocampus, for example, I know our listeners don't even need to know all of these, but uh, it triggers uh, the hormone and then that hormone triggers another hormone. And what happens is that cortisol Um, creates um, our blood sugar goes up and we get more energy to be able to deal with the issue. And then we go through the relaxation because that's a process that it happens. And still we carry that stress, but then we get to exhaustion. You know, if that stress continues and continues. So that exhaustion is the time that we get sick. So we have to be very, very careful with our body because we know how much stress and, um, you know, issues we carry affect our body. We got to our first break. Uh, We come back and continue our conversation.
شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگر صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین من به همکارم دکتر الکساندراده امروز در خدمتتون هستیم ما روزهای شنبه و شنبه از ساعت 12 تا 1 بعد از ظهر به زبان انگلیسی موضوعات روانشناسی رو دنبال میکنیم دکتر دنیل راکرز یکی دیگه از همکاران ما که در شرکت توانا با ما همکاری میکنه امروز نیست و ما قسمت اول صحبتمون رو اگر نشنیدین در مورد استرس و اینکه بدن ما چطوری با استرس مواجه میشه و همینطور داروهایی که از نظر فرهنگی ما باش آشنا هستیم و مصرف میکنیم و چقدر این فرهنگ در مسائل حتی طبی ما اثر داره ما دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم و خواهش میکنم اگه کسانی هستن در منزل که فکر میکنین از برنامه ما به زبان انگلیسی استفاده میکنن دعوت کنین ازشون که با ما باشن اوکی دکتر اندرادی I said doctor because we call doctor doctor in our language how you say it or do you say doctor in Spanish? I, I like that. Yeah, in Spanish, you say doctor. And so, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's funny too, because yeah, it's it's one of those things too, where uh, yeah, it's it's uh, something, uh, well, we've talked about this a lot of times, but too, it just even the importance of name and even getting used to whole being called doctor kind of thing. So yeah. every time you say doctor and Roddy, I'm like, wait, who? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were talking about remedies. We were talking about cultural issues and we started with you being a little uh, uncomfortable because of your sore throat. And I, again, um, for our listeners who just turned on the radio, I want to say thank you to Dr. Andrade for um, being committed and responsible, uh, even though he does, doesn't feel good and didn't feel good to begin with, but still is here and we are doing this show. Dr. Rockers is not with us today and we continue to stay with our listeners and um, talk about different issues. And we usually want to just be casual and talk about the normal, regular things that happen in everyone's life. So today we started talking about the culture, the remedies, what do we do when we are sick? And I started with um, telling Dr. Ra- Dr. Andrade what to do to get better. <laughs> well, and al- yeah, and along those lines too, it's funny whenever I'm sick. Uh, and so let, let me say this too, we were talking earlier about how you know men sometimes are reluctant to uh, go to the doctor. One of the things I always hear too, and I would say predominantly by from women, um, and I'm curious your take on this. Uh, I always hear that men are like huge babies when it comes to being sick. Um, I wanted to hear maybe your take on that. Uh, I and I, whenever I hear that, I completely agree. Whenever I'm sick, I'm you know I'm an adult. I'm in my 40s now whenever I'm sick, I still call my mom and let her know I'm sick. And for some reason, it, it, I mean, even if she doesn't do anything and sometimes she'll offer to do something, it's like, she needs to know I'm sick for whatever reason. Even when I lived across the country, I was like, you know what? She needs to know this. Um, and so, yeah, what, what's your take on that? Do you think, uh, and again, I don't think our listeners will hold it against you if you call, you know, half of our, uh, you know, the population, huge babies in that way. I, I, I agree. I think men are horrible at being sick. I definitely know I am. No, first thing I want to say is I'm glad you do that. You let your mom know. Because I want to know when my kids are sick, even though <laughs> distance. But I appreciate that you let your mom know. 
and you know what, especially when you're living alone, you definitely need to let um, someone to know that you're not feeling good because you don't know what you may need. And then um, also the other person at least is involved to make sure if, um, you know, you're, first of all, I want to offer to bring you some soups if you're okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get some soup after this, actually. I need to go grocery shopping, so I'm yeah. going to go get some soup, but yeah. Yeah, because uh, seriously, the food you take has to be light. When you're sick, your energy has to go for healing, whatever problem it is. So if you take foods that are heavy on your stomach and digestion, uh, and, and I know not talking about, you know, culture or history of a generation by generation passing on to us. One of them is this, that I remember as we were growing up, every time we got sick, the food they gave us was very light. Because I think even though it's nutrients and you need, you know, for example, to have protein, to have, you know, different ingredients, um, vitamins in your food, but usually they put all of that in a soup. So it's lighter, you can digest well, and not only you get energy, but the digestion part doesn't take that much energy out of you. And that energy goes to healing your issue. So uh, that's part of the thing that we learn as we grow up. So for example, what you were talking about men and women, I have to say that that is absolutely true in my experience <laughs> in my life with the men in my life, starting from my dad that I grew up with. My dad never, first of all, wanted to go to doctor. I think men, hesitate, they're hesitant to really go and be checked. I don't know what is it. Um, no. Probably this is a trait um, that I can't understand, but I remember my dad didn't want to go to doctor. Uh, he was hesitant to take any medication. And thank God he was very healthy all the way to the day he lived. He didn't even take one medication by the time he passed. So it was one of those unusual things, of course. But, um, you know, um, so I grew up with that. And also mm, my husband, my sons, I realized that I have to push my husband to go and give a blood test. Yeah. Telling him, go, go get, get your blood test, go get your blood test. My son's the same way. Um, partly, I think, you know, they don't take that very seriously. I don't know what goes on in their mind. And also you mentioned that men, when they get sick, their babies, mm. uh, that too, uh, you know, they, they just want some nourishment, some, um, you know, patting on shoulders, some, you know, just it's just probably the nature. You know, yeah. like women have been always known for their, you know, um, I would say managing the household, doing things um, for the others. Uh, we are talking about actually um, majority versus minority. We're not talking about like 100%. We're sure, all yeah. about 80%, 20%. I'm sure there are women who um, want to be taken care of rather than take care or men the opposite. But um, in our life, as we grow up, I think it's in our DNA that we want to take care of others as women. And that's motherhood actually is on top of that, gives us all that, um, you know, traits of 
wanting to take care, wanting to jump in to help. So that's part of, I think, the DNA as far as, uh, you know, that look at all the jobs, all the careers that women take. It's all about matching with um, your um, trait of wanting to be caring and take care of others. And I think along those lines too, it's like socially and culturally kind of uh, perpetuated that idea that women are supposed to do that. And I think often a lot of times it's women are supposed to, or or when they are ill or sick or, you know, not feeling well, still having to do the things that they need to do. Um, And so I think it's, it can be a double-edged sword in that way. It can be a strength, but then also too, it can be one of those things where it feels like this expectation or this pressure too. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely know in general that can be hard for people to, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of this. It's hard for me to uh, kind of take it easy when I am sick. Um, even the other day I was sick and, you know, for half the day, probably most of the day I was resting. I wasn't doing much, but then I got bored and I, I didn't want to just be home and people were out and family was getting together. And so I told everybody I'm sick and they're like, Oh, okay, well, we'll just stay away from you. And just, you know, still, you know, it's, it's good to, you know, spend time. And, and, and that was nourishing and that was healing in that way to be around others. And, you know, I, I was very thoughtful about like what I ate and things like that, uh, what I was drinking. Cause it was just like, I know my body, it wasn't at its fullest. I was sitting down as much as I could. So, and, and, and family was very nurturing and they were, you know, wanting to see me, but then also wanting to take care of me. It was funny. I noticed like people were getting me like water and like tea. And, and so it was nice in that way. But I probably should have been at home just sleeping or just resting. But yeah, it can it can be tough. And definitely as a professional too, I, I I've always struggled too in the sense of a sense of obligation to my patients. You know, I, I feel as though the, the 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 difficulties they have, the help they need, you know, I'm I'm wanting to be available to them. So um, you know, even today I'm planning to see patients, but I'm going to, uh, you know, be very, you know, I always let patients know when I'm not feeling well, just to be completely uh, open and transparent. Um, but yeah, I'm even going to, um, you know, virtually when I see patients, obviously you don't have to be as concerned as in person, but I keep my distance when I'm sick and um, definitely want to make sure that, you know, I'm still there in a way where I can help them and support them, but then also to the keeping them safe. Uh, definitely. I think that's related to, you know, health in general, but definitely during this time of COVID and things like that, we're even more vigilant to being ill, being sick. Yeah. You mentioned something in at the middle of your um, talk that I didn't want to interrupt you, but you said something about, you know, women, um, maybe they push themselves to really, even though they're sick, they have to get up and do things. And that's absolutely true. At least in my life, you know, a lot of times, uh, especially when my kids were little and um, I was working and sometimes um, when I was not feeling good, I really wanted to rest and to just don't do anything. But your body has to, you know, your mind tells your body that get up, you have to take care of things. And I think that push really makes you to just, you know, get up and do things and, and manage your life, you know. And, um, you know, I remember at work, a lot of times my bosses were telling me, you know, you need to take care of yourself, you need to rest when you need, um, but I always felt like, but then who is going to do the job, you know, when I come back, it's going to be double pressure to take care of it, you rather 
you know, do the job, but you push yourself. And I think this is something that um, all of us, when we are responsible, like today, you're pushing yourself to be here. And that's because of sense of responsibility and commitment that is within us. Uh, you know, we know that we have also run into employees or people that as soon as something comes up, they just don't show up. And it's lack of responsibility sometimes, you know, but then when you get to a point, and I think it's just is partly you're raised with that. And the other part is your profession and the way you feel, you know, I guess mainly is your um, personality and character that you um, have that integrity, you have that, you know, um, grace that you have to show up no matter what you have to do it because of certain things in your head that you put together and you feel like I made commitment and I have to do it as a mother you know you just show up anytime um, to do your job yeah, it's funny because growing up one of the rules we had in our household was if you were sick and you didn't go to school then you couldn't play for the rest of the day and so, and I think that that's, that's again, a double-edged sword in the sense where it was like, okay, well, you're sick, you know, you weren't able to handle your responsibilities. So you're not able to get the things that you want. But what it taught me too was, well, you know what, I'm not going to stop or not do the things I need to, unless I absolutely can't, because I still want to play. I still want to have fun in that way. And so, uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, working for places and being like, okay, you know, I'm sick, but you know, I still need to go in. It's something as over the years, I've been like, you know what, I'm sick and I can't go in. I have to know where that line is. And it's, it's maybe a line for everybody in regards to both our responsibilities and the things that we need to do uh, at work. But then also, I think it's a responsibility to ourselves. We need to make sure that we're really listening to our body. Um, I find, yes, there are things that need to get done, things that have to get done, but it's part of life. We get sick. We need to kind of rest. We need to allow those things. And I find a lot of times we'll look back, they tend to work out the way that they need to. Yeah, we had to cancel something or something was late, but you know what? It tends to work out sometimes in, in, in the long run or the big picture. Um, sometimes we'll be like, yeah, there was time to sick and this didn't happen. But I mean, what's most important that, you know, we're healthy and we're getting things done or, you know, we're staying sick and we're just kind of pushing ourselves as well as even risking others getting sick too. I always have this question that, you know, is it good to push ourselves um, to, I mean, go beyond um, sometimes our normal capacity? Because I know myself, I have pushed myself always to, um, you know, the, the maximum capacity I always had in everything I did. But when it came to my kids, I was always worried that pushing them maybe causes um, some psychological issues. And this was always in my head that, you know, is it good to push our kids or um, do we know their capacity and how far we can push them? Uh, because I know there are parents that they push their kids to the fullest and um, they go to medical field, they go to other fields. And it was an always push, push, push to get them to where they, the parents want them to be. Yeah. My belief always was like, 
my parents never pushed me, never. But I had inner push myself to get where I wanted to be. So this is my question psychologically that I know it's out of our conversation, but it no, 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 okay. comes to other things. But seriously, what do you think? Do you think we should push our kids to, um, because sometimes they're kids that they're just a slow move. They're not motivated that much. What do you think about that? All my life I was working with kids at work and we try our best to push the kids. But I always thought if you don't have that inner motivation and inner push and you don't see yourself with the goals that you have in your mind, other people cannot push you to do that. Or maybe even if they do, it's very uh, small percentage. Uh, I don't know. What, what is your thought? What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think this does relate to the topic in the sense of like, everybody has to know their, their body. Our body is not the same as anyone else's. And so you have to learn your body and know the limits of your body. That's something I see a lot of times in, in I don't want to say good parents, but in parents who are very attentive and, and sometimes it's retrospect. They realize like, oh yeah, I should be a little bit more aware of this. This is something I hear from them is that each child is different. And so you need to know what the level of pushing is for that child, especially in different areas. Uh, what are their strengths? What are some of their difficulties? Um, you know, knowing that, you know, in their career, sometimes, like you said, people may not, not need to be pushed as far as like what they're going to do with their life or uh, what their interests are. Um, other things they may really need to be pushed. And so I think it's always, it, it's, a, it's an, a, a constantly developing perspective on your child as far as who they are, what their strengths are, uh, what they need encouragement in, what they need support. So if we're just pushing for our own agenda, which like you said, is something I see that happens to a lot of individuals and parents do sometimes, that can be problematic because you're not fully taking into account the child, their unique qualities, and what is kind of meaningful for them. Uh, and again, back to health wise, if, if, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm comparing myself to, to you in regards to how much I can push myself and how much I should rest, I may not really be doing myself service in that way. So yeah, I definitely see a strong parallel there. And I also we um, deal with patients that sometimes they come to us because of the stress at work and because of the push that the bosses uh, have them go through. And we know that um, they, they show up with all these um, physical issues um, from uh, all sorts of things that we face with, from headaches, from uh, numbness in their bodies, from um, you know chest pain and all these, uh, or blood pressure, all are effects of those unnecessary push and then sometimes people are locked into the situation that they are. Um, some people are very conservative. They can't even think of moving from one job to another. They first want to make sure they have uh, enough money to pay their dues for the um, house, for household and all of that. And a lot of those obstacles are on the way. And that's why we deal with some of these people with all sorts of stress that they put on themselves. Sometimes yeah. the bosses put those stress on them. Sometimes they do because they can't decide what to do. And sometimes growing up, the parents put those pushes on the um, people. 
But um, I also wanted to point at something else that you said. You said you went to the family and you felt better. Maybe you should have been rested. I don't know about, uh, you know, uh, other people. Some people I know when they're sick, they stay, they close the door. Um, they just stay there until they get well. But different people are different. You know, if you're social, you really get energy from being around people. I remember when um, I was working and I was studying and I had so much work to do, whether it was work or studying, um, I never stopped socializing because that was giving me enough energy to be able to handle my job or to be able to handle uh, my studying. And somehow your body um, understands that and tells you whether you know you can handle that or not. But for me, I was getting so much energy psychologically that I could actually do my job and do my study. But I was going to say, and even when I'm sick, I know you don't want to be around people because of passing on your sickness. But even if you talk on the phone, even if you do Zoom, I mean, online uh, communication, uh, it just helps you, you get energy from other people. At least that's how it is for me. Yeah, no, it's definitely the same way. And yeah, again, knowing your limits too, in regards to how you're feeling and kind of, you know, what your body can endure. So yeah, I, I felt good about what I did in the sense of getting out, but yeah, I probably did take a little bit of a toll too. Okay. Well, we want to um, just talk a little bit in Farsi before we go on a break. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگر تازه رادیوتون رو باز کردین صدای من و همکارم دکتر اندراده رو از رادیو بامداد میشنوین ما روزهای شنبه و شنبه از ساعت 12 تا که بعد از ظهر به زبان انگلیسی صحبت میکنیم و اگر کسانی هستن در منزل که فکر میکنین از این برنامه ها به زبان انگلیسی استفاده میکنن ازشون دعوت کنیم به برنامه ما توجه کنن اگر صدای ما رو در دو قسمت گذشته نشنیدین ما امروز راجع به بیماری ها ارتباط بیماری روانی با بیماری های فیزیکی بدنی صحبت کردیم راجع به فرهنگ و رمیدی ها و دواهایی که ما در فرهنگمون استفاده ممکنه بکنیم در به طور کلی صحبت کردیم و مسائل مختلفی که در زمینه اون به تیتری که صحبت میکنیم پیش میاد برمیگردیم و ادامه صحبتمون رو میدیم
we are back with Dr. Andrade and we continue our conversation. I want to once again, if you didn't uh, listen to the first two parts of our conversation, thank Dr. Andrade who actually, um, you know, committed himself to be at this show, even though he wasn't feeling good. So I want to appreciate him. And especially because Dr. Rockers couldn't be here today. So he pushed himself to be here. So I want to appreciate um, his commitment and responsibility. And I want to continue our conversation. Dr. Andrade, I have a question actually, uh, when it comes to, um, you know, we always talk about this is, um, is our built because we always know that in psychology, we refer to twins when it comes to every study, the effect of um, you know, culture, the effect of genes, the effect of um, environment, we always, um, you know, start with the percentages of that on the genes, um, when it comes to genes on twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think, um, or built when it comes to uh, capacity for dealing with obstacles, sickness, whether it's psychological, whether it's physical, is it our built or is it how we are raised? Is it environment that we are growing up in or is it our genes? Great question. Yeah, I tend to, I, I think that's one of the age old debates, you know, is it nature versus nurture? And I think it's something that we we continuously kind of come back to. We find that, you know, understanding how our environment, uh, for example, as far as health, like what we're exposed to, um, you know, even genetically our immune system. So that would be more of the nature part. Um, yeah, I think that all interplays in a very unique way within each individual. Um, a, a generic kind of example that I give is, you know, we can have, you know, it's the same mom and the same dad, and we can grow up in the same household and be very different people. And so we can say, you know, genes are um, with siblings, of, of course, they're not like twins, but uh, there can be a lot that's shared, but yet we could be very different in our temperament or personality, uh, even health-wise, and we don't always know what fully plays into that. So, yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where both can apply sometimes in ways that we're not even really sure, um, but yeah, definitely can uh, impact things. Uh, there's a professor who is uh, part of a twin, and uh, her studies, all her uh, psychological professional life has been studying twins. Mm-hmm. And she talks about a, a situation which is a very heartbreaking in some ways, a story that um, it happens in a, a land where it's far from uh, hospitals and a woman actually gives a, a birth to a twins. And one of the twins actually gets really sick. And in that farm village, they can't take care of that twin. So one of the family members took this baby to another hospital, which is six hours away from uh, the place that they were living, one of the twins who was sick. So it happens that uh, in the hospital, this baby is exchanged with another twin, one of the twin in the hospital. And um, so the baby actually is taken home with that um, other woman. And mm-hmm. one of the twins is back to the farm. So they're, they're switched, yeah. the babies. And the family who takes that sick baby who is now well from the hospital, they live in a city. Uh, six hours away from the farm. 
And then the other twin comes back to the farm and lives with the farmers and two different lifestyle. One Mm -hmm. sort of pretty well set up and the other one sort of poor. Mm -hmm. And then it's so interesting a story. This is a real story, actually. Um, The one, um, the twins that they were living in the farm, they always wanted to go back to the city and explore the city. They go to the city. Um, oh no, the other way around. I guess something happens that the other twins from the city they come to the farm. Now I forgot that part of this story, but they come to the farm. The farm is a very small place. It has only maybe one grocery store, one store. So when they stop by to buy something from the store, the store owner. Uh, knows the other twins that they live in that farm, mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden s- starts talking and call him, um, I, I, as far as I remember, they name Jorge. Oh, and then okay. goes, Jorge, and goes, I'm not Jorge. And then <laughs> he says, no, you're joking, you are. And goes, no, I'm not. And then that actually is the start of the story that the, the owner says, I have to take you then to the person I know and I'm saying it to you. Either you're pulling my leg or there's something going on here. So anyways, mm. they meet each other and they're understanding oh, wow. how much they're like each other. But then to um, short the story, mm. it's the longest story and it's very, very mm-hmm. interesting. But mm. they figure out how much they were actually like each other, their behavior, even little things, uh, even little things that, um, you know, they they did with, with like, you know, one, one person was all the time playing with the ear and it was uh, exactly what the other one was doing. So that always amazes me. And I'm just thinking, so yes, nurture and nature, we always talk about that, but also... There are parts that it's it's amazingly, um, you know, it's in us. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's some pieces like you can't deny, um, and and yeah, it just reminds me. There's a funny story. I was just talking to my brother about something, and uh, he was telling me about an incident that happened, and he, he felt a little uh, offended. And I, in thinking about kind of the situation, I quoted a movie that was kind of along those same lines. And when I said that, he was like flabbergasted. I mean, he's just like almost like shocked. He was like, oh my God. And I was like, what? He goes, I said that same exact line from that movie that you just said when that happened. I go, are you serious? And he was like, yeah. He goes, that was that was my thought in that in that moment. It went right back to that movie, to that scene. And it, it, not that, that, that I could recall, it's maybe a movie we've seen together, but not one where it was like, oh, we made it a point to watch that movie together. It was that older movie of Goodfellas. Um, but it was funny because it was just like, of all the movies, of all the things that you can say in that moment, I said the thing that he said and he thought. And so it was just like such a coincidence or, you know, was it that, you know, as siblings, you know, we are kind of similar in that way. Um, it's just like, you know, so such a minute kind of thing but then at the same time like what are the odds that that would happen too yeah yeah that's interesting and and also uh, sometimes i wonder that you know you live in a family all together the tone of voice everyone has a different tone of voice everyone as soon as you say hello to let's say if you're so many in the family 
you can tell who is. So, I mean, as much as our face is different, our tone of voice different, uh, probably all other things are different, but then there are also similarities that sometimes you wonder, what is it? And that's why they can never get into bottom of this nature and nurture. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so we are at the end of our conversation. I want to thank again my friend, Dr. Andrade, for being here. Um, I appreciate that. And um, if you still can manage <laughs> to be here, yes. Dr. Andrade, I want to ask you to finalize our conversation. Um, so um, I want to um, just end our conversation with each of us saying our final statement. Yes, definitely. I would encourage listeners to obviously take care of yourself when you're sick, which again, I'm, I'm probably not doing the best job at just being completely honest. But um, no, I mean, we, we have to listen to our bodies. I mean, again, our bodies will speak to us and we got to be willing to listen. And everybody's body is different. Everybody's body changes and evolves over time. We can, we can listen to kind of the limits of our body and, and learning to respect those. It doesn't have to be a, a, a negative thing. It doesn't have to be something that holds us back. It's something that can actually be very, very, very smart of us to be attuned to our body and what it's experiencing and what it's going through. So we know when we need to re relax, we know when we need to rest. Um, you know, we really need to listen to it. It's, it's like I give people the example, you know, we'll, we'll get, you know, butterflies in our stomach, or we'll feel a little nervous about something. And sometimes it feels warranted. Sometimes it's maybe not so, but it's always still worth being like, you know what, I have this feeling in this moment, listen to our bodies doesn't mean we always have to do what it's telling us. But it's at least worth trying to listen to. Sure. Um, and I want to say, you know, psychological issues have amazing effect on our uh, physical being. So when our emotions are um, under, um, you know, um, investigation to ourselves, uh, when our emotions are damaged or when our emotions are not in a good state, uh, our body reacts to that and um, or sometimes we make our body so tired that all of a sudden something happens to ourselves and it's both ways so nutrition good nutrition good rest uh, good exercise it's uh, very very crucial to keeping our body um, in a good um, state and uh, also we know that how much each of um, psychological or physical affects each other. So with that, I want to say uh, deep breathe. Even anytime something comes to your mind that bothers you, when you are going to bed, try to turn off um, any uh, sounds or music unless it's calming and um, just be in a good state of mind before you go to bed and let go of things. And um, in the morning when you get up, just always remember, even if you do a little exercise, um, it helps. And uh, think of what you eat. It's very, very important. These are the two, three things we can do, and it's in our hand. So with that, I want to say thank you to my friend, Dr. Andrade, and say goodbye to everyone. Um, we are happy we are um, working together um, for Radio Bombdot, and um, you've been always a great listener. So we come back tomorrow and we talk about another topic. Thank you and have a wonderful Saturday. 
بذار تنها باشم تنها بمیرم دیگه از درد و غم آروم بگیرم برم پیدا کنم یه جای خلبت بشینم عشق بریزم تا قیامت برم پیدا کنم یه جای خلبت بشینم عشق بریزم تا
رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا